Coming up on this week's show, we have the dynamic writing duo of Devin McCormick and Riley Hart. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knaus. Welcome to episode 112 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from jeffadamswrites.com. And I'm Will from willknaus.com. This week's episode is brought to you in part by listeners just like you. We'll have more information on how you can help support this show in just a few minutes. Welcome back, everyone, and welcome back to you, sir. Thank you, and welcome to you. Uh, this week was a bit troublesome. A little bit. Um, <laughs> mere mere moments after we finished shooting last week's episode and talked about the uh, near-death experience that the computer that our computer had, <laughs> uh, the computer on which we do absolutely everything associated with this particular program. Um, mere moments after we finished. Um, Recording that episode, uh, we learned of a bit of a website problem. Mm-hmm. Do you want to fill in the the yeah. listeners? So everything we do is based on WordPress, uh, the four sites that we've got. And there was an update that was made last week that rendered the theme that we use, which essentially powers how the website looks, uh, rendered it useless. Uh, not from a front-end perspective, so everybody who might have gone to look at the site on Sunday didn't see a problem. And I hadn't seen problems since those updates happened like back on Friday. Until I went to do show notes for last for last week's show, and it's like, I couldn't do anything. So not only did I make a podcast last week, I also reinvented uh, three of the two of the four websites on Sunday. Because your website was the was the the pilot to see what was gonna happen when I started taking everything apart. And then I of course had to do the website for the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Chaos on Sunday. And then over the course of the week I kind of retrofitted the other sites as well. So, yeah, it's a busy website week mm-hmm. over here in Jeff and Will land. Yeah. Yes, you also happen to finish Winger 3. Yes, the edits, the revisions for that are done. I still have a week before I have to turn it into Harmony Inc. So I'll be polishing a bit more over the coming days. But I am I'm pleased that it's done. I went from I hate this book to back to loving the book, which was good. <laughs> and I'm really pleased with how uh, Dragon Dictation worked for that book. I'd say probably 85% of the book was actually done on dictation. And, well, I think I tended to overwrite because I certainly had about 20,000 words more than I needed. And needed might be the wrong word. The other two Winger books are sixty, right around 60K, just a touch over 60,000. And this one ended at, I think it was like 85,000, did I say? I think, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And I actually trimmed back most of those words. Uh, I don't know if it was the dictation that did it or if I just had more story in my head than I really needed. But most of it was I was starting chapters too early. And it took uh, like a thousand words per chapter to actually get to the story that needed to be in that chapter, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, And I think, you know, we talk about that all the time, the right place to start a chapter. Yeah. And apparently I have to babble for a little bit before I actually get to where that should be. Perfectly okay. Yes. So, okay. Well, congratulations on completing that. Thank you. We also have uh, some big news on the co-writing front. Um, this coming week, the Hockey Player's Heart is going to be doing uh, the cover reveal. It's coming December 1st. Yes, which is Friday. Mm-hmm. On the Love Bites Reviews website. 
Yes, we're very happy to be on Love Bites because, of course, that's run by our contributor, Danny. Uh, and we'll be showing off the cover that we love. Oh, yes. Very much. Yes, we do. And uh, we'll have a nice little giveaway sitting there, too. Uh, so go to Love Bites on the 1st. It should be right there on the homepage. Uh, we'll certainly be putting that out on our social media so you can check it out that way as well. Cool. Yeah. Something else going on on Friday, December 1st. Uh, a bunch of LGBT uh, romance authors have banded together to create the Rainbow Advent Calendar, which will run December 1st through 24th with a new story available each day. Now, we heard about this because a friend of the podcast, V.L. Losey, uh, in her newsletter, she talked about it this past week. She's offering the best gift as part of the Advent Calendar, which is going to feature Victor Kalinsky, who was in the Point Shot trilogy, which I loved. So I'm looking for that story for sure. Uh, but again, December 1st through 24th, uh, you can go to alexjane.info slash rainbow dash advent dash calendar dash 2017 for all the details. Each new story will show up there on the on that day, and you'll also be able to see the past ones. It's all a big secret. Other than VL, I don't know the other authors who are participating in this trilogy. I would assume Alex is since it's on Alex's website. Uh, so it'll be kind of a mystery to see what shows up there each day. So you can go to alexjane.info or just hit the link in the show notes to see what shows up each day. Fantastic. Yes. Now, more news on holiday giveaways. Um, our holiday paperback giveaway is still going on. There are two weeks left to uh, hop in and join the Rafflecopter for this really fantastic prize pack that comprises... Wait, no. The prize pack comprises of... Is that the correct word? The prize package is made up of, I, comprises the, is a good word, but I don't... I the prize <laughs> pack is comprised of three paperbacks from P.D. Singer's Mountain Series. Uh, and just a quick note, uh, this is only for our U.S. listeners. All you have to do is go to biggayfictionpodcast.com slash holiday to get your chance to win. And the giveaway runs through now through December 10th. Yes. Okay. We'll have a little bit more information on that giveaway later in the show. Mm-hmm. Now, we want to, uh, this, this is the point in the show where <laughs> we thank all of our beloved Patreon supporters. Mm. This week, we want to welcome Laura. Hi, Laura. Thank you for joining us on Patreon, Laura. Now, you can help support the Big Gay Fiction Podcast with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For as little as 25 cents an episode, your pledge helps pay for the cost of producing and distributing this podcast. And for fans who pledge at the silver and gold levels, you'll have the exclusive opportunity to ask questions of our upcoming guests. Now, all patrons also have the option to have a personalized thank you sent directly to them. Now, any month that we have pledges that cover our monthly production costs, we'll produce a special bonus show, especially for our patrons. Uh, and the December one's going to be coming up pretty soon, before we know it. I know, because, you know, <laughs> December starts on Friday. I, I know. know. Ah, crazy. So, you can get all the details on how to join us on Patreon. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash biggayfictionpodcast. Your favorite new YA hero has arrived with Tracker Hacker by Jeff Adams, the first book in the Codename Winger series. At 16, Theo Reese is the youngest agent for tactical operational support. His way with computers makes him invaluable. He designs new gadgets, helps agents, including his parents, in the field, and works to keep the TOS network safe. But when a hacker breaches the system TOS uses to track agents, Theo is put to the test like never before. Thrust from behind the safety of his desk, 
Theo must go into the field to put a stop to the hack. He's scared, but resolved because one of the missing agents is his father. And just to make it more interesting, he has to keep everything a secret from his boyfriend and teammates. Can Theo get the job done, save his dad, and make things good with his boyfriend? Find out in Tracker Hacker by Jeff Adams, available in ebook and paperback from Harmony Inc. Press, Amazon.com, and other online retailers. So the reading frenzy continued this week, and I think it's fair to say that it was both of us, mm-hmm. uh, because we both have a fair number of books to talk about. Uh, we'll start off with one that we both read, A Home for the Holidays, by Joe Constantino. Yes. Um, this story is a, a, a really wonderful short holiday um, short holiday story, and it concerns Bobby. Uh, he is a nice guy from the U.S., and he's studying to be a lawyer, and he's sent to the glamorous, beautiful island of Capri to spend the holidays with his Italian relatives. And his third cousin, Paolo, is sort of the designated tour guide. And Paolo shows Bobby around the island and all that it has to offer. Um, And while they are playing tourist, they kind of fall for one another. Um, At first glance, Paolo seems to be sort of a, a... prototypical laissez-faire Italian guy. He's, you know, gorgeous. He loves, you know, good food and and family and, you know, uh, and he doesn't like, you know, too many attachments in his life. Uh, But as Bobby and Paolo get to know one another, they realize that there's um, a lot more going on beneath the surface. Specifically with Paolo, um, he is an excellent artist and he has dreams of becoming a designer. What did you think of this story? I thought it was just a delight. It's it's like the perfect little holiday nugget, uh, like a <laughs> nugget, <laughs> a little Christmas cookie, if you will. Exactly, it's just delightful. Right. Um, I liked the evolution in this rather short time span of Paulo in particular. I thought he had some really nice growth, uh, discovering his dreams, uh, and they both they both ended up bringing something out. From the other, mm-hmm. um, as their relationship grew, uh, Bobby was, I would say, rather. Uh, I can't decide what word I'm after I, here. <laughs> I don't know what word. I can't help you there. Uh, he was. I, I felt like he was rather just immersed in his studies. That's a good way to go. He he was all about being the lawyer. He didn't even want to go to Italy because he needed to study for the bar mm-hmm. over the holidays. And being around Paulo, I think helped him see the world a little bit more yeah, um, definitely. from just inside of his law books. Mm-hmm. And he managed to bring out that Paulo could be more than just a stock boy at his family's um, company. Because um, his family, I thought his family were a little bit of a jerk periodically. They were really nice to Bobby, but Paulo was like, oh, you're just the stock boy. Just go be the stock boy. And it's like, boo on you, family. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a delight. It's the first book I've read of Joe's. Uh, we did the audio. We both did the audio, which featured narration from Joel Leslie. And I thought Joel just nailed it completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both highly recommend A Home for the Holidays by Joe Cosentino with a uh, with excellent voice work by Joel Leslie. We highly recommend that you either check out the ebook. Or the audio book. They're both wonderful. Yeah. It's also worth noting that there is a sequel coming. The Perfect Gift, 
uh, arrives December 13th, and we have already one-clicked that one. Yes, we have. It's we saw be that. The, uh, just click! It's the continuation of Bobby and Paolo's story here in the U.S., and we can't wait for that. Yeah, that's going to be good. Very much looking forward to that. Okay, next, I want to talk about Santa's Naughty Helper by Ari McKay. Now, this is another um, short novella. This one concerns um, Nice Guy Kevin. He works at a law firm. And uh, as is the usual tradition in um, offices across the country, there is a secret Santa gift exchange. Uh, and they're going to exchange gifts at the holiday party. They, uh, this particular office has decided to um, have the holiday party uh, earlier in December, um, just as a little treat for everyone. And plus, things get really crazy around the holidays. So, um, Kevin... Uh, is assigned the task of uh, being the secret Santa of uh, his nice office pal, Eric. Uh, And the problem is, is that Kevin has had a crush on Eric for quite some time. And he doesn't really know how to maybe take their friendship to the next level. Because he's really worried that they have really good, um, uh, I don't know, like lawyer chemistry. (laughs) Colleague chemistry. Colleague. Okay, maybe that's a better (laughs) word for it because Eric is sort of the outgoing litigator and Kevin is sort of like the behind the scenes researcher. Okay. And they're a really great team and he feels that, you know, if he kind of expresses his interest that it might screw up their work relationship. So he figures that this secret Santa exchange might be the perfect way to sort of test the waters and see if Eric is open to the idea of a relationship. So, on the day of the party, uh, he gets Eric a bottle of his favorite wine and uh, includes a little note. And what Kevin is going to do is he's going to sort of play the 12 days of Christmas. Each day is going to be a new little present um, to kind of show, um, not only show Kevin's interest, but how... um, I think he's he's using their established friendship to sort of show um, that he really kind of gets who Eric is. Hmm. So as the days go on and the gifts sort of progress, um, it's pretty obvious that Eric is like open to the idea of this um, flirtatious secret Santa. Um, Cause every day kind of Kevin goes into this goes into his office and he's like, so <laughs> what's your gift today what do you think and um so uh, and as as the 12 days progress the the gifts actually get a little naughtier um <laughs> and uh, until the big reveal is going to happen on christmas eve and kevin asks eric uh out to dinner uh and as it turns out eric is perfectly happy going on a date with kevin uh, he's been thinking this the entire time. In fact, he was actually a little bit worried that, you know, the secret Santa might be someone else in the office when he really wanted it to be Kevin all along. So I really enjoyed this story. It's super cute uh, and a little bit naughty. Um, so I highly recommend uh, Santa's Naughty Helper by Ari McKay. Cool. I'll have to pick that one up. That one sounds nice. I like the, I often like the 12 Days of Christmas Theme. Sort of theme the a holiday idea. story to like draw people out mm-hmm. um, of their shell at the holiday time. Okay. Um, so I spent time in Italy quite a bit this <laughs> past couple of weeks. Yes. Uh, with the books I read, uh, I picked up "Call Me by Your Name" 
by Andre Eisman, uh, which you reviewed back in episode 110 and were mixed on. Yes. Um, I Here's my thing. So the story, for those who missed in 110, just ever so briefly, is this relationship that happens over a summer between Elio and Oliver. Elio lives in Italy with his parents. He's 17. And his family often hosts visiting academics and writers. Um, and Oliver is the visitor for the summer. And they have a friendship that evolves into a little bit more. And uh, that's the bulk of the book. And then there's also uh, chapters at the end. Well, I say chapters. I'm not sure there was ever a chapter break in this book. Um, there is story at the end that deals with them as adults as well. Uh, you mentioned that it was very literary, mm -hmm. uh, which it is. I actually don't know if I could have read this as a book. I very much enjoyed... Uh, um, um, I don't know. Maybe. Actor Guy. Oh, yes. Um, okay, I'm now you're totally, blanking. I'm totally blanking on his Army name. Army Hammer. Thank you. We are bad today. Ugh, like yeah. the, the words just aren't there. It's not working. Uh, okay. Army Hammer's uh, reading of it was outstanding. Uh, he, in the movie, he plays Oliver, and here he's reading as Elio, but it worked so well. And he he wrapped all those very literary things that happened uh, into a palatable format for my ear mm -hmm. that I just don't know that I would have done on the page. Um, there's a lot of wonderful scenes in this story and events that occur. And uh, Elio's a very articulate 17-year-old, although I'm sure all this is meant to be like him looking back in general at the events of his life from an older point of view, which is why some of this gets so literate, because most 17-year-olds don't talk like this. Um, overall, I liked it a lot. I do look forward to the film, uh, which we found out we actually get in our part of the world uh, in middle January. Uh, so, yeah. Call Me By Your Name. It is literary. I would recommend going with the audio. For sure. Okay. You also read something else this week. I did. Uh, I was very excited to read this book. Uh, we've known Chris Jason for a number of years uh, because she is the uh, editor-in-chief of MLR Press and has for many years uh, considered herself to be only an editor. Uh, but she's recently released Wait For Me, which is a delightful novella. Um Really great to see uh, someone who didn't consider themselves to ever be a writer uh, to come forward with a great first uh, story. Mm -hmm. uh, so Wait For Me is uh, deals with the story of uh, soldier Jeff Mackey McNamara and a child care director, Scott Ash. So these two meet at a wedding uh, for one of Jeff's very good friends. Uh, Scott is in the role of bartender this evening because he's filling in for somebody uh, but he's, his day job is actually being the director of a daycare center. And he's also got a social work degree. So occasionally he's doing call-outs uh, for child protective services as well uh, when necessary. And that's actually how these two bond even more. Uh, they talk a little bit at the wedding. But then the day after the wedding, uh, Jeff finds a child abandoned uh, near the base and takes that child to the hospital. And Scott ends up making the call-out. Uh, to see what's up with the child. Uh, and they also bond over Jeff's dog, Dix, who's a uh, retired military working dog that Jeff has adopted. Um, these two make the most adorable couple as they get to know each other. Um, Jeff is very skittish about getting into a relationship because he's about to deploy in a month or six weeks. So the timing is very short for them to decide... You know, are they going to date? Should they date? 
is it going to be worth dating? Um, but their attraction is so much that they are essentially just drawn together and they really can't separate themselves. Um, Jeff has an amazing support system. This The supporting characters in this book are so good because it's, it's Jeff's um, tight friends that he's made over multiple deployments through the years. Uh, the Heptad, as they're called, because there's seven of them, really take care of each other. They take care of each other's families while the others are deployed. Um, that's really special, seeing how all that works. Um, and for a short story, this book does cover quite a long period of time uh, because it does go through Jeff's deployment and looks at how Jeff and Scott maintain their relationship through the months that he is gone uh, with only R&R kind of stuck in the middle of it uh, halfway through the deployment. Uh, I've never read a military book, I don't think, before. Mm -hmm. um, so it was really interesting to me to see uh, how all this worked. And I believe most of it is quite accurate because Chris was a military spouse for some 19 years. So she knows this topic really well. Um, I recommend it in its entirety. Um, I look forward to what she's doing next because I know there's a sequel coming here that involves two other people who we meet in this book. So big thumbs up to Chris on her first outing uh, as an author, and I look forward to much more. Cool. Yeah. Okay. To wrap up the reading palooza, I want to quickly talk about Up for the Challenge by Devin McCormick and Riley Hart. Now, Up for the Challenge is the story of straight guy, I'm using air quotes, um, <laughs> Ethan, uh, who goes to a gay bar with some colleagues, and uh, that evening... Uh, as he's leaving the club, he is mugged in the alleyway, and he is saved by nice guy Sean. And thus, thus begins the relationship. Um, <laughs> um, I really enjoyed this book an awful, awful lot. This is essentially a story of two bi guys who challenge one another, hence the title. Um, their, their, their interactions are so interesting. They're both kind of essentially alpha males um, who don't really budge on much of anything. And the way that they challenge each other through really snappy banter is fun to read, but also I think uh, something that kind of bonds them and pulls the relationship forward is, is that they call each other on their shit. I think from like the very first moment, they kind of see each other. They get one another. Um, both of them have suffered um, some great loss, so that's something that they have in common and something that um, I think in, well, in like romance terms, they're both damaged mm. uh, and they both innately understand what it's like to be coming from a place of hurt and pain. Now, now that I'm saying that, I don't want you to think this is like a really heavy downer book. It actually isn't. It's really funny. It's super sexy. This is a Devin and Riley book, so you know they're going to have crazy banging sex. Um, <laughs> um, in, in fact, there's a, a, a rather hilarious moment. Um, Sean essentially uh, shows Ethan the ropes of gay sex, and Ethan uh, is sort of um, cannot actually fathom that no one has ever revealed the secret of the magic button before. 
<laughs> um, so I really enjoy Ethan and Sean. They have great chemistry. Um, a really terrific book. Uh, super quick, I want to mention um, there are some wonderful secondary characters, primarily uh, Sean's family. They're really wonderful, really, really funny. Um, also, towards the end of the book, there is uh, a hospital sequence in this story. And when I got to that point in the book, it's like almost at like 90%. I mean, usually we should be wrapping things up and everyone should be living happily ever after. But no, we get this really traumatic hospital sequence. And at first I was like, what kind of manipulative this is us bullshit is this. I was like really mad. But then like three pages later, I was like, ah, why? Why can't they be together? Why? So kudos to you, Devin and Riley for completely manipulating my emotions. Um, it worked really, really well. Um, and they, of course, there's a happily ever after. It is a romance after all. So I highly, highly recommend Up for the Challenge by Devin and Riley. You should all go check it out. Hiking through the woods in search of the perfect Christmas tree. Sipping homemade hot cocoa in front of a crackling fire. Enjoying the company of gathered friends and loved ones. It's definitely the most wonderful time of year, and we've got the books that will keep you turning pages on those long winter nights. Announcing the Big Gay Fiction Podcast's Happy Holiday Paperback Giveaway. We're giving you a chance to win three terrific books from the Mountain Series by author P.D. Singer. The prize pack includes paperback copies of Snow on the Mountain, Fall Down the Mountain, and Return to the Mountain. To enter, go to the show notes page for this episode at BigGayFictionPodcast.com or visit the official giveaway page at BigGayFictionPodcast.com holiday. If you can't get enough of stories filled with love, self-discovery, and the great outdoors, then you're not going to want to miss this. Go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com slash holiday before the Rafflecopter ends on Sunday, December 9th. So I'm excited to finally bring this interview. We've been sitting on it for about a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked to Devin and Riley at GRL, and we had the best time with them, I think. Oh, yeah. This is a super fun interview, um, being able to sit down with the both of them in the same room and sort of just talk about, you know, who they are as writers and their process and all that good stuff. Uh, it was a fantastic time. So we're here in Denver after, as, as GRL ends, and we're with Devin McCormick and Riley Hart. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Thank you Thank for having us. Thank you for having us. us. We, we've wanted to have you guys for ever. Yeah, we, we talked about we it. We did, yeah. I remember last year. Yeah. I think last year. We, yeah. yes. we kept yeah. saying, we'll do something. And then we spoke something. at um, RT, RT, too. Yeah. yeah. And now we've, we've, we captured you. We kidnapped them and brought them, <laughs> yeah. and brought them to our room so we could talk to them. Yeah. We had to run an awful long way here. We got them and talked to them. <laughs> but yeah. So for those who don't know, Briefly introduce yourselves to us. We'll, we'll start with you, Riley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm Riley Hart. I write contemporary um, MM romance and been doing that for a few years. I write both by myself and with Devin. And I also write under the name Nyree Dawn and by myself and with Christina Lee. You're a busy girl. I am a busy girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Devin, what about you? Uh, I'm Devin McCormick, and I uh, also write gay romance, and I uh, also write some gay erotica and some young adult titles, uh, and just gross things in general. Um, not because of the gay part, though. Edit. <laughs> 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 but, um, 
but now I've lost my train of thought. Um, I started writing in 2013, and um, I started writing with Riley in 2016, uh, August of 2000, or well, technically writing. July. Yeah. yeah, July of 2016, and um, I haven't been able to stop since. Cool. How did you two connect and then decide to start? Let me start that. <laughs> I was like, what well, actually made I, start? <laughs> we have, have well, technically still have the same publisher for our, like, um, YA. YA books. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had reached out initially, like, I'd read Charade, which was an Iridon book. And um, at the time, like, there weren't many authors being taken on by Harmony Inc. So, like, you know when one, it was like two authors every three months. So it was easy to, like, go and be like, oh, hey, like, how's it going? You know, like, we just kind of, like, welcoming on board because some other authors had done that for me and I thought it was very nice and then um we just would chat occasionally and like at, at first it was just infrequently I would say but then um uh we started chatting more and more we just agreed about a lot of things and I'll let her take it from here <laughs> but this yeah, is funny I to me <laughs> um, no we were yeah that, like he was saying you know we just talked more and more and we just got along really well and um I was just, you know, just our chemistry, I just really wanted to write with him. And so I asked him one day, you know, just to see what he said, have you ever considered co-authoring with anyone? And he said, if it's with you, what are we writing and what are we going to start? <laughs> and there we went. Because if writing arts can ask you, if you, if you co-write, you're like, yes, I suddenly do. <laughs> but actually, it was crazy because I, I think we... I certainly, I'd never done that before, so I was like, I think for me it was kind of going to just be an experiment. Like, what what was no, the worst that could did. happen? We no. find out that it doesn't click and then stop? Because we said that, you know, yeah. if even if we're halfway through it or whatever, if and it's we not working for it one of us, us or we don't, we stop and yeah. that's it. And, and no but, but like, you know. yeah, no obligation, like, and we've always said that um, friendship comes first, writing comes second, mm-hmm. so... That's very cool. Had you read each other's work? Yeah. 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 Okay. I'd read, well, I'd read mostly Nightmare at the time. I, I just hadn't read a Riley Hart book by then. And I was even thinking yeah. when you, we were talking about it that we were still talking about Nightmare because that's how I knew you primarily. No, yeah, because he knew me. Like, uh, she'd only so come out as Riley that. recently uh, uh, before that, I think. And, um, almost a year. Right, but it had been a year? Almost. Oh, okay. Well, nine months. Nine months like a baby. Oh, my God. But, um... <laughs> But no, like, uh, I I'd mostly read, like, Rush was the big uh, MM one from Nair, and I loved, love, love, love Rush. And uh, so at the time, yeah, that was her. But I mean, obviously loved loved the style, loved, uh, you know, I was written, she was a brilliant writer, so... And you read like, my MS stuff. I mean, you had yeah, read, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I read, like, like um, those were delicious, too. But, <laughs> but how long? That, when, was, when was Charade? Uh, 2012. You you got together under the guise of of Harmony Inc. authors. Is there a, a, a YA co-author out there somewhere for you guys? Or not yet. Mm-mm. Interesting. We both have kind of taken like I feel like we both really love YA. We will write YA, but we both have the project that we were inspired to write. Like we both know our schedule probably for the next seven months, <laughs> just because we have these yeah. projects we have to get out there yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And you guys write. You're prolific, both as a pair and individually. Yeah. 
we love it. Like no. we love what we do, like, and we and I think working together, we're even we get more excited about it even no, than we and, normally and that, do. And I think that's what it is. I mean, we do. We both write fast. Yeah. We both write. I mean, I don't have a hobby. Like I mean, all no, I, yeah, I, if I I'm all with my family, I write yeah. or I read. That's all you know. So yeah. I mean, I'm lucky that that my hobby is also you know yes. my career. So it's like mm -hmm. you know if I if I have spare time, that's what I do. You know, and I, you feel if so I'm in bed at night, sometimes I still yes. write. You know, so I do. But I think that we. Are both kind of obs obsessive and so sometimes like when yeah. we write together like we could I mean we could we, go back and yeah. especially with weight of the world we were really obsessed Crazy. and we could do multiple cha chapters in one day because it's really exciting to you get something and you're like yes. oh my god I never thought about that and you totally want to play off of whatever they wrote and so you're so excited to write it while it's fresh in your head and then you send a chapter back yes. and then your family's like will you stop talking to them yeah. <laughs> and his boyfriend's they're like they're still like that they're still like that for both of us I feel like um, something, I don't know. We're, we're in a three-year relationship yeah, with Riley Hart. Yeah. Like, Why can't we invite Tom then? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, and I think that um, part of playing off one another that you don't get, like if, we're, if I'm writing a solo book, I don't get that feedback of like, I finished Instant a great chapter that yeah. I love and now I get to share that with someone who gets what, where we're going with something. Whereas like if I send a chapter to her, I get that instant feedback. That even which is if, exciting. Which is exciting. It makes you, and it makes you even if you like, know. even if you feel like you need to retweak things, like you have an idea of where to take things from there. You, you know, you talk to someone about it. Whereas like for a solo, and it, it might be an edits, I'm reading chapter six and something, I'm like, mm, something's feeling off where she might know what's off. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and that's... And that it's might, a lot easier to fix it then yeah. than going back after the book. No, finished. absolutely. Yeah. Which, uh, which I do a lot. <laughs> now, you just mentioned the your first book together, Weight of the World. That sort of experiment book. Yeah. Kind of just... <laughs> a really good yeah, experiment. A really serious, <laughs> like... Experiment. Yeah. yeah. Um, when, did you just jump in with both feet and just say, we'll see how this goes? Or did... Kind of talk about um, yeah the evolution that, of the book itself. Yeah. How did that work? Um, it really took on a life of its own. Mm -hmm. I mean, he when we decided to write something, we didn't know what we were gonna write. He had a lot of ideas, and yeah. he gave me a document, yeah. and you know I went through them, and, and that idea immediately it was just a few lines, you know, it was just got, a simple seed of an yeah, idea, you know, and you know realizes the next day that the guy who talked him out of killing himself actually, you know, committed suicide, and so he goes and seeks out his brother, and I was like, holy crap, that's incredible, <laughs> like, I wish I would have thought of that, <laughs> you know, um, and so I said, he was like, oh my gosh, you know, I wish that I, that, and, and I really wanted her to pick that one, yeah, because, but because I knew I couldn't do it on my own at the time, and it not turn out too dark, yeah. I wanted, like, mm. I, it, wanted, it had to be uplifting, and it had to, you know, it, even though it's, you it's know, this very dark serious, subject. Yeah. I, we didn't. It, there's no point to writing it. It's just gonna be this like downer. So I was like, I knew I couldn't do that on my own though at the time. And so I was like, I was really hoping that she would notice that one and say. And she kind of mentioned it at first, and then she didn't say anything. So I sent her a bunch of other ideas, mm -hmm. and then she's like, No, I'm like, No, that's the one I want. That's the one. I was like, Really? And it was really. I mean, it was it was really perfect because you know we we each we nobody wanted to say which character we wanted at first, and then it was yeah. like, you know, I want the brother. And he's like, Oh my God, I want that's the. You know, so that, that, you know, and it was yeah. very, like, it just felt, you know, 
Tony was me, like in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, you know, feeling the responsibility for your family and, you know, wanting to caretake everybody mm-hmm. and feeling guilt over things that you shouldn't feel guilt for. And he really, you know, I really identified with Zach. I still, it's yeah, the character I always say mm-hmm. whenever we blast, that is the character I most identify so with. So I do. And I think that both of us, like, worked through things in that book. Mm-hmm. Both of us cried multiple times through that book. Yes. You know, oh, and, and yeah. it felt really good though to <laughs> to go through those emotions and everything yes. with someone and then have this product that we were both so proud but of. But even that third POV that was oh, the magic. No, oh POV no it was and we didn't even plan that at first no. because we weaved um Rob's point of view, you know, the, in that the man who had actually killed himself, killed you know, book, yeah. and so, and at first, you know, and we shared him, like we both, two are usually, you know, I write one character, yeah, I write like, the other, but we both wrote mm-hmm. Rob's point of view in that book, and we would just throw it in at and random times, so and right. we didn't even every plan time it, but we those were it, so yeah. powerful, right, yeah, think, you know? absolutely, like, every time, like, like, and we really would, it would just be when you felt inspired, we pretty much said it like that, like, if yeah. you feel like writing that shit, just, just do, do it. it, or you can send it to me, and I'll write it. And then, but when it would come, you would just know, I felt like, that like, that oh, I can, this is what I need to, yeah. yeah. That's very interesting. That's very cool. How do you, that was the origin of the first book. Yeah. What's your process now? Are there ideas that bounce back and forth, or is there... I, I tell my assistant to contact her assistant and see <laughs> if she can set up a Skype so that we can potentially talk about if we want to work on another project together within, like, a four- or five-month time frame from now. <laughs> <laughs> so basically he's, too, basically, he's too big for me now. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm done with you now. <laughs> like, talk to my people. Like, um... It's the same thing. I mean, in a lot of ways it is. I mean, we, um, we decided to do a series, you know, Metropolis, and then it was just like, we, we knew we wanted something totally different from Weight of the World for the Mm -hmm. next thing that we did Mm -hmm. together. We're like, okay, we can't. And we don't like doing, we don't like doing the same, we don't like doing the same thing in general. Like, even if you look at the Metropolis series, the books aren't the same. No, they're not. Tone-wise. Yeah, exactly. But it was very, you know, it's kind of, um, that, that one, it wasn't just, okay, pick an idea out of a list. Yeah. It was very, like, how do we want to go about this first story? And I think we both decided we wanted to do a fake relationship. We love, really, we, because we, we both love like it. that. Yeah. So we're like, okay, how do we make this work? And yeah. then we just each created our characters from there. Yeah. And, you know. We, that's In terms of the process, and it's always been this way, even with Way of the World, um, a really, like, just a, a long chat about our characters, like, what we want to explore with our character, find out, like, kind of, that's our discovery Goal, of the characters. Goals, yeah. Story. Like what is what, what is bringing these people together not just externally which in like Way of the World is a good example of an obvious external thing like mm-hmm. the brother is the one who killed himself so he's seeking answers through the brother the other brother and uh, that's like obvious external but what is it internally that like, they are them, yeah, what, connects what connects them, them what, yeah. what makes it work yeah and so that I think we always start with that mm-hmm. core you know piece and then, uh, and then we just work. We just kind of go and yeah. see where things are, like we can vibe it out. You know, you get a few chapters in um, owning it, which is the third in the Metropolis series. We got to a third of the. We were like a third of the way through, and we're just like, mm. it's not working. But we figured out what. Like, yeah. I feel like the moment like we got there, we're like, I figure out what's missing, and we 
we talked about it and we had a good conversation. And then you sent me this amazing first chapter that was like, yeah, that was, was the only one we started over. We were just like, it's not, you know, oh. it's not working, it, it, you know. It, it and we hitting. started over. We knew after we talked, mm-hmm. and then once we did it, we were like, this is what was missing. And the but, fact that know. we are we are both very quick, it makes it easy for us to not mm-hmm. feel a lot of guilt, and we're like, mm, this isn't working. Start again. <laughs> 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 At the DVD extra for that book. This is what it could have been. Oh, <laughs> that no one will really? ever see. <laughs> there were some fun bits, though, that I missed no, out of it. That, were, um, but we were talking yeah. in a panel yesterday about this. Uh, there's a guy down our hall. We call him Gun Show Ryan. And there was this whole part where like Derek's going out to a party, runs in this guy, and he ends up going out to a party with him. And I mean, doesn't have any place in the book now. Like, I don't regret that it doesn't exist now. But it's like a, it was like a cute thing that at the time, at the book for the book we were writing before it worked. Mm -hmm. For the book that we were writing after, like when we started again, it didn't work at all. Like, Mm -hmm. you couldn't have convinced me to put it in. What was interesting about uh, the Metropolis series series for me was um, all of the books were fantastic. But I really um, liked the way the the friends stories sort of like crossed and interweaved in small small pieces yeah um and so my question is did you just have a list of these are the guys at metropolis and these are the stories that we are going to tell and did you see those in the first and second books or we agreed that just... we would both be working on like side characters for potentially like using like just uh, the... but kind of just vibing out naturally yeah, like yeah. who who were their friends but like, what, we did know we... like but we didn't know like when we started the first book though we didn't know exactly who the second book was no. going to be but mm. we knew and the we third knew... book was going to be Derek and, we knew and at that, that time we did, we did know not know Derek. who Derek yeah, was going to have... be with but it wasn't time, even did he even you know? have a name like he, you kind of had like vibed out like you'd have this person who's kind of well yeah no I knew, but he but didn't like, have a name. We didn't no, have a name. Like, not at all. And when like I was writing the first chapter of that and Derek was like they're like walking home drunk and it's Derek and Gary. <laughs> and I don't know, like and it was their interaction that kind of made me be like I mean, I love that friendship. Like you just you feel so comforted by knowing that you have someone there that you can fight in and talk to. And then mm-hmm. like just sort of, you know, it's one like relationships that are the core of a romance novel. It's great to that chemistry, but there's also a chemistry that happens between friends that is so no, delicious to watch unfold. And that that's mm-hmm. always something that I love writing. Actually, no, absolutely. It, it, you know, in in series, I love friendships. I love mm-hmm. you know people who are there for each other. And and we um, both do we, that a lot with our no, secondary characters yeah. on our solos. So I think yeah. it makes sense mm-hmm. that once we teamed up, that we would we kind of get obsessed with the secondary characters, mm-hmm. and we're we're sitting there talking. About book three before they're yeah, we no, even know yeah, exactly, book two obviously, we're yeah. about. <laughs> for some reason we just know it has to be book three. Yeah, like, we knew uh, that he couldn't. He wouldn't be like we need. Like he two. needs more he of an need, evolution yes, before exactly. we get there. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You mentioned there's a lot of talking out and planning of the characters with their motivations mm-hmm. and what they want. How much planning goes into the plot, or is that more organic? You take both. <laughs> I think more organic. We're both. I think we're both very character oriented. Yeah. I. I mean, I. I'm a character writer. You yeah. know, I. I am. I mean, obviously, we have yeah. to have. Yeah. You know that other stuff in there, but I think that we kind of play that. We have the basic. You know, whether yeah. it, whether it's okay, I want this to be. You know. Uh, the fake relationship or whatever yeah. you know we know those things and we often have key scenes you know but I think that you can create so much plot by your character and who they are if you're are being honest to it what... then it becomes interesting and there becomes a plot just by the fact that there must like 
if he's a real person, he has like drama that he has to resolve, and he has like issues that he has to cope with, him, and what, yeah, and like what is going to come into conflict with that and make him better. You know, going way back now, how did you get started writing MF? What? Well, me. It's me too, but I don't have to talk about that. <laughs> what got you started to write in him? I should be you first. Oh, um, you were you were doing him out before. I was I was I was technically in like gay erotica and uh, and adult. I think you were and you were MM romance first. Yeah, no, I mean, I just it, it was always something that I wanted to write. I love. Um, I love writing for the male point of view. I feel more comfortable, um, and I just—I'm I, a champion for love, I guess. And I want, you know, so it's important to me to to tell love stories that need to be told. And it just, you know, it encompasses so many things that are important to me, and um, it just felt automatic that that that's the route I would take. I think, you know. What was, do you remember the first Anna that you read? Um, um, I believe it was um, Faith and Fidelity by Terry Michaels, which oh. is still one of my favorites. Oh, that yeah. Book. Um, so yeah, I mean, actually, I can say that that outside of a, like beta reading, I used to beta read um, for my friend Kelly York, who writes, and so I would um, read her stuff, but, but traditionally published books, that would be it. Good choice. It's a great book. I yeah. love it. What about you? What what got you kicked off to the MM romance? Um, I was at the time I think like especially like right before I started writing gay romance, I was writing like really like dirty erotica, and I'd like and some young adult, as you which do. is funny. And I know that's what I was gonna say because I read YA too. Like yeah. I read um, gay YA before yeah. I read MM adult romance. Yeah. And um and I was reading like gay romance, and I think it just timed really well with where I was at in my life that I like. You know, I, I gotten really dark with some of my stuff and very deep. Even in the young adult, I was like, I'm just getting really dark. I was like, I kind of needed something mentally that was like a happy ending. It was a little more hopeful than I was doing. And so uh, I actually wrote um, several of them. And then that was when we started talking about Way of the World. And it actually, I was already. And then we got his computer. He just wanted to start another one. I know, but I would even tell, I was showing her like my cover like ideas for like the one I was going to release. Like like, we both had release schedules for romances already when Way of the World came out. And and it kind of threw all those plans to the side. And we just kind of went full force in. And that was actually, that's the first romance that was released. And then uh, Titan was the one I'd written before that, as well as um, Filthy Little Secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love your bio. I saw your bio on Amazon, and that last little bit about Devin writes erotic, <laughs> MM romance, and young adult. Please check the, the blurb to make sure what you're getting. <laughs> I, have such a, I have such a hard time because I'm not ashamed of anything I write. And even the young adult I write is for an older YA audience. I'm not writing it for like a 13 year old kid. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm so, I think it's like 16, 17. Like it's, it's just YA because that is the age range that it falls mm-hmm. into. So I'm like, but, but I don't like hold back like curse words or anything, but I'm obviously not like having graphic on page no, sex like in yeah. clipped or anything. But, uh, but no, I, I don't feel ashamed of anything I write. And if there was, like, if I was writing for an eight, like eight year old audience, obviously I'd be like, I'm going to do this under a different name. But I just, um, <laughs> I, I don't ever want, I've always said I don't want to be people's autobi author. I want people to buy me because they like the idea that I've written this time and they're fascinated to see what I'm going to do with it. 
Then mm-hmm. not just like, oh, I hope he gives me the exact same book as last time. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I, I don't, like, I'm going to disappoint you if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't want to be that person who is just doing it to kind of hit X, Y, and Z, for, you know. Not that's a bad thing. I read people all the time who I want them to do that for me. <laughs> so oh. I don't want to diss it at all. But, like, there are certain others I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I hope that she does X, Y, Z. But anyway, yeah. How many books do you guys together and separately put out in a year? That's not a that's not a good question. We were kind of talking about this earlier because this year was kind of insane. Two, yeah, two. Th- we not, we won't be able. We're to not do doing this again. again no, so. and I think that it just everything kind of spiraled. Yeah. Excited. Yeah, we were so excited, yeah. and there was mm-hmm. so much to do that everything kind of got out of control this year. Yeah. We put out a lot of books, but I think mm-hmm. that both of us might um, we, go a little crazy if we wrote that yeah. much every year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just it was a lot, but but we it's had not a lot even of just fun about the it. writing. It's about the other stuff we have to do to get the book out that's a lot of work and so it's like it's one thing to write a book very quickly it's another to try and like then get everyone to come together and all you know all that all the people you know you have editors with deadlines you have them with their schedules because in our you know his his stuff by himself has to come first that's the thing yes too you know like yes so it's all about priorities in that regard and then you're like well where does that leave us with the next project and stuff like that where do you see the next year going? You got yours on schedule though. Yours is easy. Well, no. You got a good outline. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I will have at least the next um, Last Chance book after Depth of Field and the third Wild Side book and um, whatever we're doing next. <laughs> um, and likely one more, yeah, with probably Christina maybe so we have we have an idea <laughs> what's it like between your two writing partners we hate each other no we don't that's so, <laughs> that's so completely <laughs> <laughs> um, like how what do you mean? well in terms of your processes and dynamics between the two um that's, that's kind of a tough question um I, I am think curious that, about well, this well no one. I think that um Devin and I are more obsessive in like the way we write than Christine mm-hmm. and I are together. Together, so you know, I think we can we write a lot faster, so we finish a book a yeah. lot faster. Um, and I think Christina and I do a little more, you know, plotting and figuring things out, and like scene wise, we don't we don't sit down and plot the whole book. You know, but we do like sections. Okay, mm-hmm. we're gonna kind of get this. These are the next few scenes and chapters that we, you know, to make sure that it gets us to this next place. And yeah. kind of, we just just go, <laughs> you know. But it works, <laughs> it does. you know. Well, and I think well, it keeps it, you know. Sometimes we'll we'll ask. We'll be like, should we plot some things out? And we're like, no, <laughs> I kind of want to see what you do with this. Like, I don't want to like help. I want you to just go no. show me where it goes. And what about you? What's what's next year look like? I'm, uh, October released, uh, re-released a book, Clipped, which is like a paranormal erotic adventure, and it's just this wild, crazy story, and I'm releasing uh, the sequel and the final installment, uh, one in November, one in December, mm-hmm. and then um, I have a lot of other projects that I don't usually like to tell people that, like about what I'm working on. But I'm the one that keeps secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't, no, I have a, I have, I have, a, I have books finished that I am working on releasing, and I have to decide like how I want to release them which ones kind of come first though but but I know yeah 
There will be books. <laughs> Is there more for you this year? We we talked about next year. Do you have stuff coming out before? Um, I do. The, the um, end of November will be the um, Jared's fulfillment, which is the second to Jared's evolution, which just came out in, with Gone Rogue when he did yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And we did that with uh, Ella Frank and Mark Blaine. They did a book called Shiver, which. Uh, which is a very. Uh, we were all like just we were, doing something. We went. Ro- we all did something that is different from the norm. Yeah, what well, we, we typically were write. That's norm. what got so, rogue yeah. was for us: writing something different from what we yeah. have been releasing, and it was fun. And kind of yeah, being able to kind of like, get people excited yeah, about these different new, ideas. Totally, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, the the getting the four authors together in that way mm-hmm. was unique to anything I've seen. I mean, there's always authors coming together to yeah. do kind of one thing or another but this seemed unique in that it, space it seemed it lucky like, that we that all so the timing bad. of it was bizarre because we all were working on something that was without the same without each other yeah. knowing at first I mean like we knew he knew what I was yeah. working on but we didn't know what they were working on yeah. and we were all and writing or working on yes. something totally different at the same time and so then we realized we're kind of like okay we gotta do something yeah. with this you know it was really it was it, really cool how it all happened it really was and it was a lot and it was exciting to get to share that because mm-hmm. you know we talk about even like co-writing is nice because you get to share that with someone when you release it like you gotta kind of be excited with somebody about that and it was nice with this because we all kind of had like something at stake. We all had something like, you know, like a different direction that we were going where we got to be kind so of. So when everybody like, hates us, we're together. Like, we're together <laughs> to the end. And then, uh, and, but it was nice. That was like, we all were so thrilled. We loved these projects. Like, each of us were so, so excited much. and stoked. And it was one of those things where you're like, you know what? I just, I just want to do it and just see what happens. And it was. I think you just have to follow your heart like no. that, you know, and write, write. Write what you feel, whether it's different from what you've done before. You know, no. I think it's really important, and I think readers, readers like that. You know, yes. they like. I, you know, at first they'd be like, "Oh my gosh, what did you do?" You no, know, but, yeah, but I think absolutely. that they appreciate it eventually because it is. You know, it, it's staying true to who you are and, and yeah. your characters and your muse. And I don't think you can. Really and none of, and neither of us are the type of people who feel like readers need to read everything if they see no, something and that's, that's where it's, you know if this is not your thing i would rather skip yeah, that's okay yeah, like you don't because one. you like my books you don't have to read it. hopefully you'll exactly. just pick up the next one exactly. you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's a big that's a big thing that i think authors get like oh my god they didn't buy this book no and no, then, yeah, no yeah. and that was for them again i would rather you know if it's not your thing that's fine just i would rather you not because for me like when you read, you want to read something you know or you yes. think you're going to like. You want to, you know, you want to read something you think you're going to enjoy. It's your escapism or whatever. Yes. So I would never want them to, to read it just because, no. you know, I wrote it because they, you know, think they should or whatever. So. Speaking of GRL, we should ask, uh, how, how have you enjoyed this year's? It's been a lot of fun. It's been really, yeah. really fun. Yeah, I've enjoyed it Crazy. a lot. Crazy. Lots it's of people. Busier of, this year than last year, yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. And like, just, uh, very the the energy is really high and like everybody's really thrilled and it's, it's nice to see you know everyone you know this is every year but I feel like this year you can just kind of feel that relief in people like you found your people and you're able that's to that's my favorite thing you can even even when they just approach people, you you yes. can just look like this like oh I can talk to you about you're this. not a book person you don't get from no. people I don't no. think you know <laughs> yeah. I mean in a lot of it's ways true. so it's like my you know people in my personal life are like no books you know yeah. Yeah. I mean they don't, and they don't get like how passionate we are yes. and how much yeah. we love this so it, it's you know we're like my people yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely 
I think that will about do it. Unless you, do you have anything extra to throw into the to throw in or no burning just, questions? No, before we go, I want you to uh, tell everyone where they can find yeah. you online. Because you're an especially wacky one. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I do not know what you're referring to. Uh, um, oh, I'm I'm on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com uh, slash Devin.McCormick.79. Oh, I'm really hard. <laughs> on Facebook. I don't, I don't have my memorized, so it's probably just Riley Hart. Uh, oh, Riley Hart writes, actually. Yeah, that sounds like... You uh, knew you were going to say that, did you know? I was going to interrupt you and be like, <laughs> like I did the panel yesterday, when I was like, that's not the character you're going to love. People would not realize how much like he keeps me on track. <laughs> like, he's the scheduled one. Like, yeah, he has, scheduled. like, you know, and I'm like, when do we have to do this? And he's like, oh. I just told you like two days ago. I'm like, what? Seth's the girl like stealing swag from to be like, I need no, this on my other, table. No, but the other each have, you know, yeah, yeah exactly. I'm right. like, do you have swag? He's like, no. Like, and I'm like, do you need a marker? Do you need this? Like, like yes, I'm giving please. off. <laughs> <laughs> like, so it works. No, it's like, <laughs> we will link to all the, all the websites there and the again. social and the, and the books and the whatnot. And uh, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. No, thank awesome. you for having thank us. Thank you. I had fun. Really appreciated it. So there was so much goodness with, with Devin and Riley that we've actually got like a 15-minute bonus reel uh, with the episode that you can catch on YouTube on the show notes page. Or if you're doing this on a podcast catcher, you can, you'll can you see it in your episode feed. Uh, in this bonus, we talk about the difference uh, in their writing styles between co-writing and solo projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's why they go the self-publishing route. Uh, why owning it was so fun to write. And that's actually a really fun sequence right there. And uh, what what's up with their surprise book release strategy? Mm-hmm. Uh, so check that out as the bonus to this uh, episode. Cool. Yeah. All right. I think that'll wrap it up for this week. Coming mm-hmm. up in episode 113, Brandilyn will be back with some book recommendations as we kick off kick kick kid kick off kick off. Thank you. <laughs> A series of shows talking with our contributors as we wrap up 2017 and roll into the new year. Can you believe we're rolling into the new year? Four weeks to go. It's coming so fast. (laughs) Anyway, guys, no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. Until next time, everyone, please keep turning those pages and keep reading. For detailed show notes and the complete episode backlist, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday on all major podcast distributors and YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. 